Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. You'll maybe notice that there's a little bit of a difference this week. Obviously, Brad, my longtime cohort, is not with us today. And you know what? That's okay. He's doing great and wonderful things with his family. They're on their way to Arizona. He's going to live a lot closer to baseball than most people I've ever met in my entire life. So we're very excited for him and that new chapter to start in his life. In his absence, we are going to skip the current events section this week because we need to make room for an incredible conversation that I was able to have with one of my favorite baseball friends, Mike Farns. I'll get into his introduction in a moment. You'll be able to see that and hear from him. We talk about the Yankees Red Sox, He's, uh, and, and you'll get into why. We talk, about, we talk about a lot of things. In fact, the conversation was so good that our segment one moved to segment two, we could we didn't even stop. Like we just picked up the conversation and I had to hit the record button because he asked me a question and I'll get it and you'll see what that is later. He asked me a question that I couldn't help but answer, even though it was in the middle of just small talk. Um so I had to hit the record button. So a little bit the transitions are a little bit different this week, but I think you'll really find it super entertaining, super valuable. To hear from to hear from at least Mike for sure, maybe me, but definitely what Mike has to say. It's an incredible conversation. So without further ado, please make way for Mike Farns, and we include a rundown in his interview as well. So I think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Welcome back, baseball family. I have been talking about this day for a really long time, and I want to introduce my friend Mike Farns. He's here finally and for the first time. Couple things about Mike, he uh, he his hairstyle choices will be discussed today. Don't worry about that. And we're going to do a rundown, so you're going to get peppered with some questions. Perfect. Um, Mike is one of the biggest Orioles fans I've ever met in my life. Check that, Brigham. And- uh, I think you meant Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Boston Red Sox. Okay. Okay. Your 2018 World Champions. Oh yes. Vindicated. Make it world super champions. clear for everybody that uh, you're not an Orioles fan. <laughs> Uh, No, this is good. We're really excited to have him on the show, and we have a couple of great topics lined up for you. The first is, Mike, I need to know, man, how do you feel about Rob Manfred? Rob Manfred is a pathetic (laughs) excuse for a leader of any organization, much less to lead uh, Major League Baseball. He is not good at his job. In fact, it's interesting. I think you and I talked about this a few days ago. We've actually reached a point where it's almost impossible to be more disappointed in anything Rob Manfred does. So that's the only positive. Like at this point, everything he does, which is inherently negative, (laughs) doesn't really lower your opinion anymore because there is no lower to go. True. 
That's right. I said that on the podcast a couple weeks ago, actually. You nailed it. Yeah, so I think I had that conversation with you first and then brought it up. Anyway, Mike and I talk about baseball all the time. He happens to live here in Greenville where he gets to go to see the Red Sox Pipeline, perhaps the most gorgeous minor league baseball facility in all of minor minor league baseball, would you say? It's amazing. Fantastic. Just charming. Just all the way around. You know it's good when a, when even a Yankee fan can admit that it's as good as, as it gets. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. Th- these are discussions we will have today. <laughs> this <laughs> Yankees Red Sox thing. But first, I want to get into the rundown. Let's do a rundown. Okay, bring it. You ready? It's a pretty hardcore rundown, man. All right. First question. You ready? You know I am. What is your quest? My quest. Wow. <laughs> Apparently I was not ready. Uh, that's a really good question. Am I keeping this sports related? Is hey, this quest, quest in general? Man? What is your quest? Man, my quest is simple. I just want to be happy. I want to be a good person. I want to help others. I want to serve others. And I want to watch uh, the Red Sox win a bunch of championships with, uh, which if the last 20 years are any indication, I'm going to be a very happy man moving forward. That's a great answer to Thank that question. You. Yeah. Next question. What's your favorite ballpark food? Ooh, favorite ballpark food. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, it's just traditional. I love a good hot dog. Yes. It, if you go to Fenway Park, which I have been to, the, uh, they have amazing dogs there. So I love a good Fenway Park. I love a good drink at the park. So mm-hmm. I like to keep it simple when it comes to baseball. To me, baseball is about tradition. Yeah. And uh, so I don't like to to go new wave i want to keep it classic nice great what is your favorite color green what yeah is it really it is no way yeah so when we painted that wall you must have been enjoying yourself yeah so uh obviously i'm a red sox fan i mentioned that already but i what really drew me to boston originally was i i was born in 79 Mm -hmm. grew up in the 80s and -hmm. obviously in the nba in the 80s it was all about the lakers and celtics and i was and still am incredibly passionate about the celtics larry bird is my favorite athlete of all time athlete athlete period wow and so i have I started wearing green, and I don't know if you remember. In fact, you're probably too young. I'm quite a bit older than you, but they had the Larry Bird or the shirts back in the day that had the little body and then the big head. Yeah, for sure. But literally, I had a Larry Bird shirt like that when I was probably four years old. So I've loved Celtics. I love the green as long as I can remember. Did you grow up a Celtics fan and a Red Sox fan, or was it something you discovered on your own? I mean, that happens. I mean, realistically, so I tell people I'm not a Fairweather fan. I'm the most loyal fan you will find. Mm-hmm. That being said, I probably jumped onto my original teams because I was a Fairweather fan when I was six years old. So, <laughs> right. like I said, I grew up in the 80s. Celtics and Lakers uh, are the teams that you cheered for. And so I yeah. chose the Celtics. And at that point, I lived in Utah. There wasn't a baseball team there. And so I was like, right. well, I love the the Celtics. Turns out Boston has a really great baseball team as well. I should probably be a Red, uh, a Red Sox fan as well. So what, what I was, was not as diehard for the Sox back in the 80s. Really, that happened more in the late 90s mm-hmm. going into the 2000s. I followed the Red Sox always, but it became intense um, in the late 90s. That makes sense. That's this. That's the same reason I'm a Yankees fan. Yeah. Six years old, pinstripes in the 90s. Life was so good. Yeah. So. Well, 
not for me yeah. at that time. <laughs> Those are really bad memories. Really, really bad memories. Really dark, ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What is the most outrageous thing you've ever seen or experienced at a baseball game? Oh, man. So I don't know about outrageous, but what I can tell you is it was awesome. So uh, I am recently divorced, but I went to a Boston Red Sox game at Fenway Park with my ex-wife, Michaela, who's a wonderful person. And it happened to be when the Red Sox were playing the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And bottom of the ninth, Manny Ramirez hit a a grand slam to end the game, a walk-off grand slam. That was probably three years ago, I think. So mm-hmm. it wasn't weird as in it wasn't wacky, but it was just awesome to be a part of right. and to see that happen. So At Fenway. At Fenway. <sighs> yeah. It's awesome. It's insane. What's your favorite quarantine binge-worthy television series? Ooh. I know you've been binging. <laughs> I have absolutely <laughs> been binging. So I, there's a couple of shows that come to mind. Number one, Shit's Creek. So okay. being transparent, I had uh, I'd been watching Schitt's Creek before the pandemic, but now I've really had time to dive into it yeah. and take it in and just enjoy the absolute humor and how glorious it is. So <laughs> that's number one. Number two would be a show called You on Netflix. There's ah. two seasons of it, a third season that is coming out next year. Really, really interesting show if you are interested in psychotic stalkers, which I am not, uh, <laughs> just so you know, for any ladies out there watching the show, I am not a psychotic stalker, but the show is really fast. Nor are you interested in them. No, I'm not. So they shouldn't call you. No. Or, you know. Stay far, far away. Yeah, Thank okay. you. Well Very said, good. Brent. That was public service announcement number one uh, or two, maybe. Um, okay. <laughs> if you could name your dog after a baseball player. What would you name your dog? Big Poppy. There you go. So, I mean, there are many, many, many Red Sox players that I love. Uh, There are current players that I love. Mookie Betts I love that just went to the Dodgers. The reason I would choose Big Poppy is, A, he's legendary, and, B, his career is over. So I know he is never going to uh, betray the Red Sox in any way. (laughs) Obviously, when you look for a dog, they always say dogs are super loyal. Yeah. So I want to make sure that if I'm going to get a dog, that dog's going to be loyal to me forever. Yeah. I got to give it a name that screams loyalty. So if it's not, if it's not Big Poppy, it's the captain Mm. after Jason Veritek. Man. And then you could call your dog his bigness. Yeah. In when wow. you're referring to him, really well said. Thank you. Yeah, because <laughs> that's Ray. what I would do. Yeah, yeah, uh, or tech yeah. even. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, okay, describe your perfect hairstyle. So, <laughs> anyone watching this show right now realizes <laughs> that Brig is intentionally trying to hurt my feelings. <laughs> No, uh, no. I have not had hair for 20 years now. <laughs> and realistically, so this is actually totally true. Before I even started going bald, I decided to start shaving my head. I've never liked my hair. Yeah. I have a big forehead, and I always felt like my hair was high up on my forehead, so it made my head look even bigger than it is. <laughs> right. So I started shaving it when I was like 21. So my perfect hairstyle would be to go totally bald without having to get sick to go bald. Nice. We know all about that here. Yeah, that's why I tried to not <laughs> state that directly. But yes. It's totally fair. It's totally fair. Great. What uh who's your favorite Orioles player? 
Ooh, really? <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's so many to choose from. Yes. Um, but what I will tell you, growing up, uh, there were two players on the Orioles that I really respected. One was Eddie uh, Eddie Murray. Yeah. Great fro, tremendous mustache, hard not to respect what he brought to the game. Right. But obviously, Cal Ripken. As a baseball fan, you got to love Cal Ripken. You got to love his consistency and the fact that he never sat out. Yeah. I mean, when you play 162 games a year, there is ample opportunity for you to take a day off and to run into an athlete that the game was so important to him that even in a long, long season, 162 games, he said, I'm going to keep playing every single game. You got to love Cal Ripken. I agree with so. you. Great answer. Um, if you could attend a ball game with anyone, who would it be? Oh, man. So, realistically, I I feel like I would probably go back to uh, David Ortiz. Oh, man. Um, and and it's so the second answer would be you, Brig. Oh, uh, man. But, but you and I have been to some games together. <laughs> yeah. We've been to Greenville Drive games. Yeah. I think that's fantastic because you and I are both big fans that can really just sit back and enjoy the beauty that is baseball. Like right. there's so many people that just don't understand it. They think it's boring. Uh, but when to go to a game with someone that understands it, that gets behind every pitch, uh, makes it really fun. So I love that. Yeah. The only Thank reason you. I said David Ortiz first is simply because he could get me really good tickets and I don't know that you can. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, don't, don't come to me for tickets. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of famous people. I've always said like if you think you're cooler than me, I actually have a problem with you. Not because I'm incredibly cool, but I just think all of us are created equal. <laughs> yeah, all so right. So I don't I don't care that you're a rich famous baseball player, but Poppy is one of few players that I actually think would be a really cool person to just hang out with. I think he'd be super personable. And he could probably get me literally right behind the Red Sox dugout and probably into the dugout before the day was over. So, yeah, that's my answer. That is a great answer. Um, what is your Hogwarts house? Oh, man. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's an important question. It's a really good question. I'm glad that you brought it up because that's been a topic on Facebook. I saw you and Tiff both were selected <laughs> into Gryffindor. I think neither of you agreed with that. No, I did not. So in my soul, I'm not a good person, so I'm pretty sure they wouldn't put me into Gryffindor, but damn it, I want to be a Gryffindor. So <laughs> I, I'm putting myself in there. I'm hanging out with Ron Weasley. Yes. And I'm trying to hook up with Hermione. Sorry, Ron. Understandable. Yeah. It's completely understandable. Um, what's your Patronus? Ooh. Mm. The Stumper. The Stumper. We found it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a silver baseball bat. The Silver Slugger. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great answer. Sorry. I know it should have been an animal, but I went with the Silver Slugger, and uh, I demand respect. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it. Thank you, you Brick. I'm going to literally tip my Thank hat. Thank you. <laughs> Last question. If your team were a beverage, what would it be? If the Red Sox were a beverage. I'm glad that you asked that. So growing up, Dr. Pepper uh, was always my favorite drink and uh i always said on the can it talked about how it had 23 essential ingredients mm. and i've always joked that when you reach heaven when you reach god's presence he adds the 24th flavor Whoa. and that the 24th flavor is freedom slash red Sox glory and so <laughs> I, I i would say dr pepper would be my drink huh. uh only that it would be with the addition of that 24th flavor of uh, wow. glory and freedom. Wow. Thank you. 
I mean, that might be the best answer we've ever had on the show. What do you guys think? <laughs> I uh, I have to take a nap. Yeah. After that. <laughs> wow. Now you know why it's so exhausting to be me. These are the types of thoughts flowing through my head on a hourly basis. It just keeps coming. Yeah. It's like, disturbing. <laughs> it's not right. But they feel good. Apparently, there's no controlling it either. Mm-mm. Absolutely no control. <laughs> and honestly, very little desire to control it. Oh, I see. So so it's an acquiescence thing. That's correct. Okay. Is it resignation or is it just a gleeful acquiescence? It's definitely more of a gleeful acquiescence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. I've always said if I could find another me to hang out with, I think we'd be so happy. <laughs> like we don't have to accomplish a hell of a lot. We just want to watch some baseball. Right. Have a few drinks, have some hot dogs, and have a good time. That's then, not that much to ask for. And really, if you look at it, you could avoid work or double your workload. And then your salary. Yeah. Right? You could either work half as much for the same pay with two of you. Wow. Which I think would be the epitome of your dreams come true. It really is. It's amazing. I hadn't thought about that. I had always just thought about most people can't stand me. So if I found another (laughs) mic, we would actually get along. We would have a good time together. (laughs) I hadn't thought about reducing my workload by half, which, yes. by the way, you know I have no problem doing. Right. That might be like the epitome of your goal set. Yes. The top of Mike's goals are no longer working, also getting paid. And that's the end of our show today. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Welcome, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break, though. And when we come back, we're going to get into some Yankees Red Sox history because what else would we talk about? <laughs> So I, I guess my question was, how do you hate Cal Ripken? You can't. And so that's a really, and I've been thinking about that, and then I thought, man, why is that? Why why can't you hate Cal Ripken? Because somebody who models resilience is hard to hate. Also, we all know his story so well, and I think the closer you get to know somebody, the closer you are, the harder it is to hold any malice toward them see and i i think it transfers to disrespect instead of malice so again you and i are going to agree to totally disagree and and the reason that i bring this up let's get right into a yankees red Sox. Derek jeter yeah you and i have talked about jeter a lot many many times and there are many people that say you have to respect Derek jeter to which my response is always no I don't <laughs> have to respect Derek Jeter. And so I guess my thought is with Cal Ripken, I think one of the reasons that people universally respect Cal Ripken is because he played for the Orioles, who were <laughs> almost never a threat to anyone to do anything. Okay, that's an angle I've never heard before. And and to me, that makes it easier, right? It, if yeah. you're To root for someone who's on a bad team, who performs at a really high level, but it never impacts the success of your team is not hard to do. Whereas if you look at Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. who I despise, you I admit I admit he's a good baseball player. Right. Um, I don't respect him. I don't like him. And it's not because he's a bad person. It's because he played with the Yankees, and his performance directly impacted the success of my team, the Boston Red Sox. Right. Whereas Cal Ripken, I mean, on a good year, the Orioles were going to finish third, fourth, or fifth in the division. So Every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well, how do you feel about Manny Machado then? 
hate Manny. Why? You know why. Yeah, but, but I mean, but, he's uh, an exceptional ball player who play, who's played on teams that up to this point haven't done anything with well, it. Well, fortunately, um, you and I have talked about this, and I'm going to bring <laughs> it back up because I think I can get you to agree to my point, which is that Manny Machado is an incredible baseball player. Mm-hmm. He's actually he's also a player with incredible talent who plays the game the wrong way. Yes. He does not hustle. Um, he's not a player that's all in all the time, which is a reason that um, I I don't think teammates and I think players around the league do not respect him. Me as a Red Sox fan, I passionately despise him because he is the player that effectively ended Dustin Pedroia's career, and Dustin Pedroia is the antithesis of who Manny Machado is. The absolute opposite. You're right. Dustin Pedroia is a player that, if you look at him, does not have the size, does not have the skill, does not have the athleticism. No to be an MVP, to be a champion, yet he's accomplished both. And I think as a even as a Yankee fan, he's a player that in many cases has earned respect, even from Yankee fans, as as a player that's just incredible. I will literally be the first to admit that. Uh, Dustin Pedroia is one of my very favorite baseball players ever, even though he played for the Red Sox. That's okay. I, I mean, the guy... Just like you said, he's a stand-up guy. He's done way more than anybody ever thought was possible, given his skill set and talent and, and size and you know whatever else. All the stuff that, that you would outwardly judge somebody on, he has superseded. And I think it's amazing. That, th- but that kind of swan song is my jam, man. That like, that like rudy underdog story is literally my jingle jam. Right. Love it. The only difference is Rudy got in for one play and a play that didn't matter. <laughs> Dustin Pedroia actually He's, got in, yeah. started for the Boston Red Sox. For how won, long now? I mean, many, many years. Yeah. Won two, well, three. He won three championships, one of which he didn't play at all, well, he but was he was technically on the team. But anyway, he won three championships. He won uh, a major league, well, AL MVP award Yeah. Um, with a guy that has no business winning that. And just watching him go out up to bat, seeing the, the passion that he plays the game with. Anyway, so I love Dustin. Manny Machado. Dirty slide into second base, hurt his knee, and literally he has not come back for more than three or four games since. So Machado will always be on my I I hate, <clears throat> I hate list. Yeah. That being said, even if he hadn't hurt Dustin Pedroia, right, he wouldn't be the same way as Cal Ripken because he never played the game the way Cal Ripken played. Right. Cal Ripken was talented. He was obviously great. Yeah, of course. Um, but Cal Ripken came to play every day. Um, and, and baseball, you could tell the game mattered to him. Yeah. And I think as you watch Manny Machado play, you don't get that feeling. He's no, a, I agree. He's a guy that's uber talented. He's a guy that if he had the passion of a Dustin Pedroia, of a Cal Ripken, can you imagine no. what he would do? I think what we see is something like Mookie Betts yeah. in that case. Yes. Someone who reveres the game. There's a lot of respect there. Maybe a little bit of reverence even for the history and what's come before him. And um, yeah, that's, that's what, that, that's what I think of. Right. Yeah. And I wish, so another player we have to bring up is a rod because right. this comes back, back down to that Red Sox Yankees stuff that, that I want to get into. Um, welcome back to the middle of our conversation. <laughs> um, we just couldn't wait. We were kept going and it was time. So I wish a rod had played the game with more, respect than he did 
I always think about we. So what we wanted to talk about for those of you watching and listening was some of our favorite moments in Yankees Red Sox history. Um, and we've come at it from completely different angles. And one of one of the moments that I always think of in the opposite is the is the the slap. Right. So and I think of when I think of a rod and I think moving from Machado to a rod is a, is, a, you know, makes sense as a sequitur, I suppose. That to me, it's the guy who had everything could have done anything was the best at everything and then and then squandered it right. on on PEDs and and but even beyond that on I mean on the way he played the game was just was just not quite at that caliber and it hurts my feelings <laughs> <laughs> like I have a hard time talking about A-Rod because cuz it really bothers me and I wonder if he's not actually a sociopath <laughs> but I don't know you know I didn't say that so A-Rod is a – he's an interesting conversation in that, um, A, he's with J-Lo now, and you have to respect that. Right. You saw her halftime performance at the Super Bowl. I did. Tremendous athlete. Oh, yeah. Uh, tremendous ability to move around, entertainer. Yeah. Very respectable. So I do like that about A-Rod. It's funny. So obviously I hated him when, when he was with the Yankees. Of I actually think he's fantastic as an announcer on ESPN. Dude is one of the most articulate, capable, skillful commentators the game has ever seen. Yeah, no, he's incredible. And I think listening to him gives you a feel for why he was so good when he cared. Yeah. Because he's obviously incredibly intelligent. He understands the game at a very high level, which is why when he left the Mariners, every team in baseball wanted him. Right, Um, of course. And uh, the Red Sox had him. Fortunately, it fell through to your New York Yankees, who went on to win one World Series while the Red Sox won four uh, and sat with a terrible contract for many years. But he's an interesting case in that I actually think he played baseball the right way with the Mariners. He did. Because I I think at that point, people knew who he was, but he wasn't so big yet that he was bigger than the game like I think he was working his way up and trying to earn the credibility that he needed to become one of the all-time greats and I think he got to that level at the end of his time with the Mariners by the time he left the Mariners and arrived to the Yankees right I think he thought he was the best player in baseball oh and 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 he probably was the best player in baseball and it's one thing to yeah to be that it's a whole nother thing to act like you are and sometimes i think that can impact how you play and so i think with the yankees uh he went to the yankees and really let his his confidence get too high and i think that impacted he wasn't terrible no i mean listen it it, it's funny because for most teams if you bring in a player and you win a championship with that player that's a win yeah one yeah yeah for For most teams but for the new york yankees that's not the case. For the Boston Red Sox post-2000, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. We're not okay with one championship, and the Yankees are the same way. Yeah. When they brought A-Rod in, they didn't bring him and CC Sabathia onto the same team to win a championship. No. The thought is we're going to get two, three, maybe four championships with this three. team. I think three was the minimum viable so, product. Anyways. I agree with you. No, I totally agree. So tell me – I said that we came at the Yankees Red Sox moments from two completely different angles. And I wasn't going to bring this up until now because I think it's so interesting the way that we think and approach baseball. 
So tell me, what is one of your favorite moments in all of Yankees baseball, Yankees Red Sox baseball history? Yeah, so it, it's funny when I think about this, the Red Sox, I mean, they've been playing for over 100 years now. Yeah. So there are a lot of great memories. But ultimately, for me, memories don't matter unless they lead to you winning. Um, Whoa. Like, you can have a big hit. You can have a big home run. It can lead to a big moment in the regular season. Sure. But if you lose when it matters most, then that moment becomes somewhat insignificant to me. Okay. So, for me, obviously, I wasn't alive in 1918 when Red Sox won their their last championship before 04. But for me, it really came to life in 04. Yeah. And this can be a painful moment, Brig. I'm sorry. You might want (sighs) to... I mean, I brought it on myself. You did. I did. Unfortunately, 04 for Red Sox fans of my generation is just a a sports-defining moment. Yeah. And so if I go back to game four where the Yankees had every opportunity to close the the Red Sox out, they had Mariano Rivera on the mound in the bottom of the ninth with the lead. Um, The Red Sox come back. They tie it. Dave Roberts still second. He scores on a bloop single. And then you have David Ortiz come up to bat. It's, and I lived in Utah at the time where it's past midnight and David Ortiz hits a walk-off home run. Yeah. And at that point, it's just 3-1. As a Red Sox fan, you're happy we didn't get swept. Right. <laughs> but you're also not – I mean, let's be honest. I wasn't the fan that's like, this is over, man. Yeah. The Sox got him. Yeah. Send us to game two. But still, it's like, man, we got one. We yep. got one. We got tomorrow night. Let's see what happens. So I, to me, that was the first moment that came to my mind where I was like, wow. Like, that was a huge moment in Red Sox-Yankees history that actually went. That mattered. The Red Sox way. Right. But I mean, literally for about 100 years, yeah, it didn't go the Red Sox way. For 100 years. The big hits yeah. went the Yankees way. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. my first one. That's awesome. Um, I love that. My uh, one of my favorites is the Aaron Boone home run in 2003. I, it's just unbeatable. His brother's in the box. I mean, I talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. The stories that went into that and how he was subbed in. He had a better arm anyway, but he was subbed in and late in the game. And then he comes up and it's just again. Was it Tim Wakefield that was throwing his knuckle curve and he just rips it and his brother's standing there like. Wow, I did speechless, right? Yeah. Oh, epic. <sighs> it was so good against such a great Red Sox team. I mean, they were great. They were. Fabulous, right? And and uh, Pedro started the game, and, I mean, literally, it could have gone either way. I loved it. Yeah, so this is sweet retribution for you. I brought up 04, you went back to 03, <laughs> and just ripped my heart out. It's fair. So, honestly, there has never been a moment in baseball history for me as a fan that has been more painful than 03 for the Red Sox. Yeah. So, we were down 3-2 in the series. We yeah. came back. We got one game th- um, game six, tied it up at 3-3, went to game seven. We have a 5-2 lead in the eighth inning with Pedro Martinez, who is arguably the best bit, uh, pitcher in baseball. Yeah, at the time. At that point. Obviously, um, yes. I mean, as good as it gets. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Yeah. Let no. me just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, Pedro in his prime was just, it. he was can't miss baseball. Yeah. I tell people there are certain, 
And that's when you know you love baseball. Right. When, when you can sit down and based on a pitcher, realizing you might not even see a hit, you might not see a run, but that's why you're watching. Yeah. To me, that's how Chris Sale was for his first two years with the Red Sox. Agreed. Like he was so good and so dominant. But I was like, I can't miss this because I might see a no hitter tonight. Yeah. Like I can't miss it. Um, and it was the same way with Pedro back then. It was like, man, this guy is so good. He's so dominant that I can't miss it. Yeah. So, Agreed. I mean, we're game seven. We're up five to two in the eighth inning. Pedro Martinez on the mound. And I'm thinking this game is over. Yeah. See you later, the Yankees. And, they, and then they pull him. And then, no, they left him in. Well, yeah, I mean. But Grady Little, I mean, they left him in. The Yankees came back and tied it. Yeah. And then it, it's a bummer, too, because Tim Wakefield was fantastic. Fantastic. He came in the ninth. So he pitched a scoreless ninth, scoreless yeah. tenth. And I don't know if he had given up a hit in the 11th until Aaron Boone hit that home run. Yeah. And I was watching that game with a bunch of my friends. I literally stood up the second it was off his bat. (laughs) I left. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I was way too pissed. (laughs) On my way home, I called my voicemail, and I changed it to FFF the Yankees F it. (laughs) Shut up. Did you really? I 100% changed my message to that. No way. And then went to bed because I was so <laughs> mad. So, yeah. Obviously, if you're a Yankee fan, that was an incredible moment. It was. But for a Red Sox fan, that it could not have been more brutal yeah. to lose that way. So, for those of you watching and listening at home, I need to tell you that when I first met Mike, I found out about his passion for baseball, and I got really excited, and I thought, oh, man, sweet. A kindred spirit. Somebody that we can we can watch games together and and, you know, our wives can chat or they can watch with us, but it won't matter because we'll at least have somebody who can, you know, really sit through a game and break it down thanks or not. For, thanks for bringing up when I had a wife break. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but I meant I meant and then and then I invited Mike to watch games with me. And, if, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. He's a Red Sox fan. Would be fun, right? Man, he shut me down so hard. <laughs> he said, no, tell him what you told me. Yeah, so I'm a. In general, I'm a. I'm. That's why I work with sports. Uh, I take them way too serious. Yeah. And I openly admit that. And I've had many women tell me that, like Mike, you take sports way too serious. <laughs> and I've always told people, I compare sports to an emotional movie for a girl. And so it, it like, if a girl's watching a movie that's emotional, she might start crying. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need me to tell her that it's just a movie. She understands <laughs> that. Like, she knows that they're actors. She knows they're rich. They're actually alive. But she's invested in the movie. Mm-hmm. And because of that investment into the movie, she's able to cry on something that is fake. Sure. For me, sports are similar in that I'm totally invested. They're not fake, but the results really matter to me. And because they matter to me, I get way more angry than I should. And and unfortunately... <laughs> I really like you, and I, I have a couple <laughs> Yankee fans that I like. And being transparent, there are not many Yankee fans that I like. I want to make that very, very clear. But I do like Brig, <laughs> and uh, I know that I can't watch a Red Sox-Yankee fan or game with someone that likes the Yankees right. had the Red Sox lose and not have me be a dick to that person. So it's just not <laughs> worth it. I'd rather watch it alone. If they win, I'll celebrate if they lose, I can suffer alone and not hurt anyone. So Wow. Profound words from a profound man. Just truly. Give me another uh, one of your favorite memories 
Yankees Red Sox moments. Yeah, so there's I mean, I'm going to go back to 04. Okay. And uh we, we won't talk about every game in this series, although every game from game 4 through 7 has a significant moment that absolutely should be talked about. Yeah. Uh but I think game 7 of um the championship championship series really had two key moments for me. So number 1 was in the first inning. Yeah. Uh Johnny Damon gets on base. He gets to second. They hit a Manny Ramirez hits a bloop single, um, but at the single Johnny Damon had to hang up for little at second to make sure it got through. Once it got right. through, he tried to go home. Yeah, and he got thrown out at the plate. Yes. And as a Red Sox fan, I remember thinking, "Man, this sucks," because all go. the momentum that we built over the last three games just got stolen at the plate by. Over. Jorge Posada, who yeah. just tagged out Johnny Damon. Who's amazing. Yeah. It, oh, completely underrated. I mean, I hate him, but, <laughs> but that's another conversation. So, anyways, so Damon gets thrown out, and I'm just totally dejected. They get their next runner on base. Big po- or No, so Manny is on base at Manny's that point. Manny's on base. Yeah, right, David right. Ortiz comes up next. Yes. Hits a two-run homer. Yes. Um, And I remember at that point thinking, A- Damn it. I wish Johnny had just stayed at third because we'd be up 3-0. But be thinking, man, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, we just – we hit a two-run jack. We're up 2-0. We've won three games straight. The momentum is still on our side. Right. After I felt like the Yankees had stolen it back yeah. by tagging out Johnny. And then going on to the second inning, 2-0, if you look at that series, the Yankees were scoring runs. There is like no crazy. safety in a 2-0 run lead. No. Um. In fact – and we'll get into this in, here in a little bit. But so second inning, Red Sox are two, uh, up 2-0. I'm happy because we're up 2-0, but I'm scared to death. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Anxiety ridden. It's going to make it way worse. We were up 5-2 <laughs> last year in the eighth inning with the best pitcher in baseball on the mound, and we found a way to lose. True. And, so, the, and the potentially or arguably the best knuckleballer. Yeah. You know? So we load the bases in the, in the second um, I can't remember. Brown was your pitcher. I can't remember his first name right now. But we load the bases. They take him out. So th- yeah. they load the bases. Bring in Vasquez. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Damon's up. Johnny Damon has hit just over 100 for the series. So and bad. he just just erupted in Game Seven. <laughs> so he comes up Game Seven. Vasquez throws a first pitch. Johnny Damon hits a grand slam. Oh. And the Sox go up six zero. Oh my gosh! And for me, that moment was the first moment as a Red Sox fan where I could take a deep breath and be like, <laughs> "Man, even this Yankee team who scores a lot of runs, something incredible is going to have to happen for them to come back from six zero. Right on a team that's playing the way the Red Sox are playing right now, yeah, with the momentum they have right now. So those two home runs combined are kind of that second huge moment for me. Man, I feel like every time I talk to somebody about Yankees moments with their team, they touch my dark spot. Like they, <laughs> like they pull out their little dagger and they just slide it in, and then they wiggle it around. <laughs> And I just can't handle it, man. So I'm going to touch your dark spot, too, because one of my favorite moments is when Johnny Damon put on pinstripes. <sighs> Not because I love Johnny Damon. I respected him as a Red Sox player. I thought he was great. His caricature was better than who he was in real life, I think. We built him up in our minds to be this with the long hair and the beard and everything that he represented, the blue-collar worker, the blue-collar fan at Fenway. And it was it was just this hustle mentality this refusal to lose. I mean, everything about who he was in Boston was 
was literally stripped away when he put on pinstripes. He cut his hair, shaved his face, and uh, he kept some of his hustle, but it just wasn't the same. So part of the reason I loved that, even though it didn't, it wasn't the greatest move, was that it it was hard on the Red Sox fans. I loved that. And I know that's vindictive and mean-spirited and all that stuff. But just like you said, like there's, there is that element in the relationship between the two teams that you just have to acknowledge. Man. It was, it was sweet. It was not sweet. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. So I can tell you Johnny Damon was my absolute favorite Red Sox player. I loved everything about him. I yeah. loved his beard. I loved his mannerism. I yeah. loved his long hair. Um, he was for me what the Red Sox were in Oh three Oh four. I had a number 18 Jersey, which yeah. was his number with the Sox. They won the championship. I was like, man, Johnny Damon went off in game seven he against did. the Yankees. Like, this is my boy. And then he shunned the Red Sox. He absolutely shunned them. And I've never been more devastated right. than when Johnny Damon went to the Yankees and allowed himself to be neutered by the Yankees. Wow. Like literally, Jeez. I can't confirm what happened below the belt, but I can tell you based on what we saw above the belt <laughs> with his beard gone, his hair gone, that's and a pretty it's a pretty good indication that what was below the trunk was also taken. So, oh, wow. <laughs> a terrible decision by Johnny Damon and he went from being my favorite player in baseball to probably my most hated player in baseball yeah. but he did win i think he got one with the yankees he didn't did. he so yeah, i think so and you made up for it by later signing jacoby ellsbury i think that worked oh. out well so oh my gosh that was one of the worst deals in all of yankee trade history see in jacoby it's it's interesting because jacoby was obviously great was for great. the red sox great um won one or at least one if not two championships I think he only won one, one. I, think I think he won one. one with the Sox but he was fantastic truly like total all-around player great in the field great with the bat yeah um clubhouse guy no clubhouse guy totally. loved him yeah beautiful I mean just a very handsome gentleman absolutely uh my difference with him is I felt like the Red Sox really tried to keep Johnny Damon yeah and that Johnny Damon said no and then didn't just say no he said no and chose the arch rival yeah right there's a hard no. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, Ellsbury. Ellsbury. They the, didn't The care. Sox just didn't have the money at that point. Right. They didn't have the money to keep Jacoby. And when we went into the offseason, we knew we yeah. were going to lose it. Did I love that he went to the Yankees? No. Right. But did I understand that the Red Sox didn't really do anything to keep you, so you have to go somewhere? Mm -hmm. Yes, I understood that. Unfortunately, that's the history of Red Sox-Yankees baseball. It is. If you go back and look at it, who is a great Yankee that you can think of that went on to play for the Red Sox? We should look it up. It, it, it's like non-existent. It's, there are, it, there it takes are a players, minute to think about it. Yeah, there are players that have done it. There are players that have been on both teams. Yes. But they are not significant players. Well, because you think of Roger Clemens, David Cohn. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. I mean, Johnny Damon, Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. But, but but that went the opposite way. Those the, All those players were Red Sox before they were Yankees. Yeah. You've never had. I honestly don't believe there's been one transcendent Babe Ruth. And Babe granted, Ruth. the Red Sox sold him, but still... There has right. never been a transcendent Yankee player that went from the Yankees to the Red Sox. It's always the other way around. And honestly, 
uh, George Steinbrenner. Rest in power, George. Rest in power. Rest in power. Amen to that. I feel like George loved that, man. I feel like George, like if he could bring in a Wade Boggs, a Roger Clemens, a Johnny Damon, someone that had been an amazing Red Sox player, and then turn them into a championship winner with his team, like how much more devastating is that for a Red Sox fan? I honestly, I think George, wherever he is right now, is very happy. And a genius. Ed. He was total, totally a micromanaging, fanatical genius. I mean, it's hard to discredit what he did. I agree. I hate him, but he won and won and won. So. Constantly in, in that turtleneck. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean Amen. Like, if you can do it in a turtleneck, right, imagine what you blazer. can do in a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, for real. I just hope that he's up there ordering people's, people around and winning whatever championship baseball games are being played in heaven. I, I guarantee there is no up there for George Steinbrenner. <laughs> wherever he, wherever is, he is, is not up from where uh, we are now. Okay, well, wherever he is, he's winning championship baseball. I guarantee he is. Yeah, and ordering people around yeah, and well maybe said. micromanaging whoever's in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but the, yeah, the baseball's never been better than it is where he is right now. Um, <laughs> I think we better we better end with one more. Okay. And then and then we better be done because this we could go on for hours, which I think we should eventually. Yeah. Let's just stack it up. No. We got a lot more to talk about. We do cuz we haven't even gotten into the DH, the, the University DH, DH, the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame I mean, discussion. We got a lot to talk about. Man, and so here's the thing for all of you watching and listening, Mike and I disagree on as many things about baseball as we agree on. And it's just that's what makes our baseball discussion so much fun. And we always lament that we don't have the recording going when we're in the car or when we're sitting there shooting the breeze out on the patio or whatever it is because we have some solid gold discussions and uh, and, and you can't hear them and we barely remember them. So <laughs> anyway, last from you, last for right now, your favorite Yankees-Red Sox moment. So One the last them. moment kind of goes against what I talked about earlier, which is – if the impactful moment doesn't lead to something really incredible in terms of championship glory, then who really cares? Okay. But the last moment did lead to something that was really, really cool. So um, Big Poppy was incredible for the Red Sox, but he went through a two-year period with the Sox toward the end of his career where people thought he was done. Yeah. Um, and I and honestly, I remember thinking as a fan, man, Poppy just doesn't have it anymore. All the Yankees fans had their Jobu shrines yeah. up. It's like, there was happened. a period from 03 through 2013 where Poppy came up to bat with a game on the line. I said, this game's over. Like, Poppy's going Good. to lit, he's going to deliver. Right. This game is over. And he couldn't pull it off. We won in 13, 14, and 15 were a different world. The yeah. Red Sox did not play the same baseball, and David Ortiz was not near the same player. And so that takes us into the 2016 season. Poppy announces he's going to retire at the end of the season. Uh, which is heartbreaking for any Sox fan, but also watching him in fourteen, fifteen, you're like, man, I get it. Right? Like realistically, this is not the same player. Pretty self aware decision, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and a couple of things happened. One, he came back in sixteen and had an incredible season. Yes. Batted over three hundred, hit a bunch of ribbies, had a bunch of home runs, and at that point, every Sox fan is like, why are you retiring, man? You still got more in the tank. We need you, Big Poppy. But in April of that year, Red Sox are playing Yankees. 
before the game, Kevin Millar, who was on the 04 championship team, makes Big Poppy aware of a fan named Maverick yeah. who had heart and lung issues who said Big Poppy was his favorite player. And so Big Poppy's going into this game against the Yankees, and he decides that he's going to pull a Babe Ruth. Yes, you're Babe Ruth, Graham. Our. Our. Our Babe Ruth. Um, and he says, I'm going to hit a home run for you, man. So they go into that game. Big Poppy ends up facing Batances, who at that point had been ridiculous. Oh, I think he had paid thir- like faced 38 total batters, struck out, I believe, like 23 or 24 <clears throat> of the 38 batters yeah. that, that he had faced. And Poppy hit a home run. Um, so, again, it, it's a home run. The Red Sox won that game. I actually believe they swept the series. Mm-hmm. But to me, what a cool way for David Ortiz. He didn't win a championship, but he was able to take a kid who was suffering and and to go out and hit a home run for that kid to make that promise and to be able to stick with it I thought was really, really cool in the last season of probably the greatest DH in the history of baseball. Wow. So. I 100% agree with you. And uh, I'm not going to follow up with that. I think that was poignant and well said and excellent. So, baseball family, we want to know what you think. Those of you who have rivalry moments that you want to share with us, please do. Please uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Share the podcast with your friends. Um, you know, this is a growing baseball family, and we really do believe that, don't we, Mike? Like, this is our family. We do. This is our baseball yeah. family. So we want you to be a part of it with us. We want you to be a part of it with your people. Um, let us be a part of your baseball family as well. Don't forget to jump on the shop. It's 9plusus.com. I'm wearing my America trucker cap. It's mesh back, snap back, because, you know, that's how I roll. I, I bought three shirts this week, Brig. You know that. You did. So Super solid. Get Thanks, on man. there, guys. It's amazing yeah. stuff. It's great stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm wearing my perfect shirt right now. We're having a great time uh, with the shop. Lots of fun designs coming out all the time. And we just released our pirate baseball one a few weeks ago, and uh, we have Corona masks. So if you know if you need a mask that you can do the lawn in, or maybe go grocery shopping in, we have a couple of those stretchy masks that you can use as headbands and different things like that. But don't forget that you can interact with the show as well on baseballtogether.com, and we we welcome your comments, we welcome your your feedback, we want your snide remarks as well, so jump on there, send us an email, we'll be happy to cover whatever it is that you want us to cover in the show and baseball family with that thanks Mike, appreciate it appreciate it, bye baseball family we'll catch you next week